This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Rich Jones. Okay, Rich Jones, he is stuck in corporate. He wants to break free. He's binging on the show. For your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday morning, simply subscribe to the podcast right now on iTunes and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Top Tribe, you know I don't have a lot of time to waste. That's why I use FreshBooks to send out invoices and make sure I'm collecting my money. To get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Top Drive, this is episode 402. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to learn from Max. His company has raised 650 grand. It's based in Finland. They've just passed 600 customers. And it's a SaaS company called PromoRepublic.com. Top Tribe, good morning. Our guest today is internet entrepreneur uh, Brian Wong. Many of you may or may not know him. He is the co-founder and CEO of Keep, a category-creating mobile rewards network that is redefining mobile advertising through an innovative platform that really leverages moments of achievement inside of games and applications to simultaneously benefit users, developers, and advertisers all at once. It's the trifecta. Brian, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right, let's do this. Okay, first things first. Tell us what Keep does and how do you generate revenue? So Keep is a platform that, that's embedded into now almost 5,000 apps, and it takes triggers or actions that you do in those apps, like leveling up in a game or finishing a run or crossing off a to-do in your to-do list app and then rewarding you with something that's sponsored by a brand. So you could finish running in a running app like RunKeeper per se, and then Gatorade could be there to reward you. And we make money by the brands wanting to get into these moments, be in a non-interruptive experience uh, on mobile and advertising to you, and paying to essentially be a part of these moments and to reach new consumers. So is this like Gatorade says, we want to put $10 million through Keep, you're taking a percentage of that, and then you're figuring out at what moments, whether it's the run through RunKeep or whatever, to introduce Gatorade to the, to the consumer. Is that accurate? Exactly. Okay, got it. So what is the percentage you take on the spend? So we typically do a 50-50 rev share with our publishers. And so we do have these apps that integrate and part of their incentive is uh, monetization. They get to make money. Um, but at the same time, because we're rewarding their users, we actually increase retention for them as well. So not only do we make money for them, we also help them retain. So something like that a brand's advertising in their apps actually increasing retention versus reducing it is actually quite uh, amazing for them. And that's the reason why they're so attracted to the solution. So I don't understand. Walk me through a real example of Gatorade and RunKeeper. Gatorade pays you what? You pay RunKeeper X. How does all the economics work? Gatorade might run a campaign that says, we want to own weekend running moments. And we'll take over all the, the triggers or actions that, that happen over any weekend over the next month uh, of people that are running. And they might pay, you know, 100000 And it's a cost per engagement model. So every time someone engages with a Gatorade reward, like a coupon or a free song download or whatever it is that they're giving away, um, that would trigger a revenue event. A developer would get $0.50 cents if it's a dollar per engagement, and we'd get $0.50. Cents. 
Okay. And what about, so Runkeeper, let's say Runkeeper is the developer on the weekend running moments. The consumer completes the run. Runkeeper gets 50 cents and you keep 50 cents. Is that accurate? Yes, but then they have to claim the reward, and that's the engagement model that we look at. So you actually have to want the reward in the first place. It's not just the, the showing of the reward that triggers the event. Got it. So if you just show it, but no engagement, nobody gets paid anything. Correct. Okay. So let's say they do d- define engagement. Again, I just finished my Runkeeper app. Your thing pops up. How do I actually get the moment or engage? It's claiming the reward. And if people want to see what it looks like, we actually have a whole demo of this at keep.com slash demo. Um, yep. And so essentially you finish doing your run and then this unit appears and it says, Hey, congratulations. You just finished your run. Here's a 50 cents off a Gatorade claim this uh, reward to your email. You put in your email address, you tap redeem the information gets sent to your inbox. You stay in the app, you keep doing what you're doing. And then you, you go to your inbox when you're ready to redeem. So Gatorade is getting the email address. They're paying a dollar for the Gatorade email address. Is not getting the email address. So we don't share the emails with the brands. It's all coming from our servers. So the brands are paying for the opportunity to engage with you in that moment, but they don't buy your information for that price. Why do you use email then as the redemption mechanism? It's a great question. It's because it's the most common sort of way for us to get people to store something somewhere without them downloading an extra app. Um, and so we felt that it was not intrusive. So you didn't like have to redeem it on the spot so you could save it somewhere else. Um, we've done Passbook as well. So we have different mechanisms that we know are, you know, suitable depending on the device type you're on that allows you to save the reward for another time. Got it. Okay. Makes perfect sense. So help us understand growth. You have a unique story. You're what, like 22, 23 now? I'm actually 25. 25. Okay. Still young. Still get, everyone still gets the point. 25. Uh, walk us through kind of your journey. So did you graduate college or you drop out? I graduated college at the age of 18. So I skipped four grades in elementary school and high school. Okay. Graduated 18. Then what? Then I, uh, because I have a design background uh, and I also ended up doing an undergraduate business degree from the University of British Columbia, I figured I'd go to somewhere that was tech centric. I had a web design startup while I was in university and we were building sites for, for, for small businesses. And uh, I felt San Francisco was the place to potentially be. Came down here, emailed a whole bunch of people, ended up actually getting a job offer from Dig, uh, if anyone remembers D-I-G. Yeah, milk, right? Yeah, and so Dig, you know, was very kind enough to get my visa done, got me down here, um, you know, uh, to, to work in actually business development, of all things. And, and um, business development still is very vague uh, as a definition of a job, but it was <laughs> for me to, to actually hunt publishers to integrate uh, the dig button. Uh, and so I was there for a very short period of time because dig started to do layoffs basically six months after I joined. And so in mid 2010, I got laid off. And so I was kind of forced to figure out to do next. And so starting a company seemed like a very natural, uh, thing to do just because I was in the area. I happened to meet a a few venture capitalists. I had the idea for key. Wait, Brian, hold on. Come on. I can't let you skim over that. What do you mean? You just happened to kind of sort of meet some venture capitalists. Well, I, I say it casually because in San Francisco, they're everywhere. I mean, there's more than you can shake a stick at. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to a cafe, like a hot spot, like a, a sight glass or a blue bottle, and there's like five concurrent pitches going on. Yep. Um, but in my case, you know, I met a, a fellow by the name of Adam Dougelli, who is at True Ventures at the moment. And, and he was just starting, very new, um, I think was an associate. And we basically uh, hit it off. We started chatting about new opportunities and ideas. He's like, this thing you've got around rewarding in games seems interesting. Maybe you should come in and talk to our partners. 
And so I, I went in and shared the idea and some of the development that we had done on the side. Um, and we being me and my co-founders and how many um, co-founders, two co-founders, so okay. three of us in total. So we kind of had this working prototype ish. And, you know, after this pitch, we uh, got a term sheet and it was a very small amount of money how as much? a seed investment. It was 300,000. Okay. And, you know, by any stretch as, as 19, as a 19 year old, 300,000 is the most zeros I've ever seen yeah, it's great. at that time. So I was like, great, I'll take it. And, um, turns out that it was really like not enough to hire really more than like <laughs> two people. And so we're like, okay, this was 2011. Yeah. Uh, this was well, the end of 2010. Okay. So we ended up having to, to, you know, make as much progress as we could. And then we ended up raising our A round shortly afterwards. That was a that 300 K. What was it? A no 20% like discount, 8% it was, interest. It was a equity price round. Really? Uh, yeah. Very rare for, for its time, but I don't regret it at all. In fact, it was the smartest decision we ever made because we didn't have to deal with all the pricing weirdness that happened in the years uh, afterwards. So we had an equity price. I think we did sell about 20% of it. Um, for 300k. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, people go, "Oh my God!" I was so excited. I'm like, "Listen, my alternative was unemployment and moving back home to Vancouver and living in my parents' place." Yeah, so look, million dollar valuation as a 19 year old, 300k in the bank, not bad. Why not? Yeah. yeah. So I took it and and never looked back. Yep. So so bring us forward now. So it's that's 2010. You founded the business. How much? It's now July 2016. How much total capital have you raised? 32 million. Okay. By the way, I hate that question, but I feel like, you know, TechCrunch kills me unless I ask it. So 32 million. Talk to me though about growth and revenue. So in 2015, how much total ad dollars or kind of ad spend did you process? Well, last year we did 11 million in revenue. This year we're projecting about 19, 20 million. So I have um, to ask, I have to ask though, Brian, mm-hmm. is that 11 million, just the 50 cents you're earning or is it the total transaction volume processed? It's the total transaction volume. So our margins are around 55%. Yep. So we keep, you know, five, six million of that. Got it. Um, and this year, our margins are actually increasing substantially to about 63%. Um, the reason is we're, we're learning more about our uh, publishers are being more efficient about how we deliver rewards. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bunch of technology backend uh, efficiency we're increasing. Um, and we actually, in Q4, we're profitable. Um, and the uh, reason why we dip back in in Q1 and Q2 is most media businesses are seasonal. Yep. We're very uh, uh, back heavy. And so this quarter and next quarter are really big for us. So, so this is fascinating. Uh, are you changing your 50, 50 split with the developer? I mean, the only way I, I imagine you driving gross margin up to 63% is you have to change that model. Well, it's everything from reducing server costs to, uh, reducing marketing costs to, uh, creating a, uh, revenue streams that are, uh, priced differently. Okay. Uh, so for example, we have, you know, a, a, programmatic solution that we've been running internationally that has different rev shares. Is this a self-serve so model? Different, yeah, you know, it's actually, it's, it's basically backfill uh, in global markets where we don't have direct sales force. So uh, we monetize very well for developers that are in the U.S., but if they have significant traffic in Europe and in Asia, you know, we have to have something for them. The other thing that's very interesting for Keep, though, that essentially allows us to command really any rev share that we uh, think is is fair given the effort and 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 investment needed to build various markets out into verticals for developers is that we're completely incremental revenue. So if we were indeed cannibalizing inventory that you have uh, to help uh, monetize through other means, 
whether it be video inventory or interstitial, then, you know, yes, we should be competitive uh, when it comes to rev shares. But because we're actually creating new incremental inventory that never existed for you before, it's almost like new money. It's not almost. It is new money. In terms of like um, moment marketing. Yeah, exactly. So we're yeah. picking a time uh, along the continuum of someone using your app versus a fixed real estate. Yep. So we're saying be- because of the context of us knowing that your run was completed, this piece of real estate during this few seconds is now much more valuable and we could potentially generate 50 cents for you right then and there. Yep. Right. And then we're not commanding the rest of your sessions to generate that 50 cents for you. And so you end up, you could actually enter, generate 50 cents from five impressions, which is, you know, it's a, you know, which is by the way, not uncommon for us because our engagement rate on average right now is about 10%. So you can imagine you get 50 cents off of 10 engagements or, or sorry, 10 views of a reward. Uh, which is extremely efficient CPM. So then, and then the so funnel for you guys is kind of CPM. like the funnel for you guys is like show the reward, which maybe we call that an impression, and then actually yeah. activate a reward. You're saying 10 percent of people who see it activate. Activate. So if at 50 cents payout, that's a 50 dollar ECPM. Yeah. So yep. we're like we're creating a very high efficient uh, media model, which is honestly the way the market is moving today. Yeah. Talk to me about co-founders. They still with you? Uh, no, so actually both of them have now moved on. Um, they are obviously very involved as advisors. I actually talk to them weekly, uh, but you know, it's been six years. So uh, both of them, I honestly didn't think was going to stick around this long. And so they ended up uh, going off and another one started uh, his own company. Another one joined another one. So Brian, I have to ask you a question. You're young. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I, I'm going to do like a rough cap table in my head here. You've got 20%, maybe diluted, maybe not if they ratcheted up or whatever, but somewhere, a large chunk is it with investors. I imagine there's another very large chunk of equity that's maybe still with uh, ex co-founders. Maybe they got bought out, but you're also young. Do you ever get frustrated as you think about the growth you're driving relative to the amount of upside other people are getting from, from your growth, just based off things you didn't know when you first started? started? Absolutely not. Because at the end of the day, getting your, your, yourself frustrated with uh, cap table mechanics pre-exit um, and any type of liquidity event is a waste of your mental energy. Uh, at the end of the day, it's what your exit is. Uh, if it's IPO, if it's an acquisition, if it's a merger or whatever it is, uh, you know, that's when it really matters. Right. I'm talking about your opportunity costs, though. Right. So like right now, let's say you only own 20 percent of the business for every whatever dollar evaluation, your upside is 20 cents versus if you went off, took all the learnings you've learned over your first six years, which are a lot, launched your new thing where you'd own much more and you'd be more efficient and everything would be better. And maybe you're earning more than that. That's that's I I agree. That's one approach of thinking about it. So how do you think about it? My approach is very simple. I've been given an amazing opportunity. I still love what I do. It's fun. You know, my upside is my upside. It's, it's not, uh, I'm not looking at every dollar that I bring in as, oh, I'm only getting 20 cents of it. That's a very, I think, transactional view that I think a lot of founders do have. In my case, I just feel very fortunate for what I have. And this is not like some PR spiel. It actually is how I feel. And I'm 25. My burn rate personally is, is incredibly minimal. My goal what is, is to learn and grow as a person. Opportunity costs, yes. Theoretically, yes. Could I go out and use learnings and start a billion-dollar company in the next couple of years? Absolutely. But there's always these things that you can always think about and become distracting. So I think the most important thing I encourage entrepreneurs to do is make your decisions. Don't look back. Um, be you know very devoted to what you're creating because at the end of the day, uh, the the karma or the way that the the world rewards you 
in the years to come, regardless of how you were able to efficiently optimize your outcome given the current um, investment of your energy and resources you did, it just comes back in amazing ways. Like I had a book deal that came in last year and I'll have a book coming out and that came out of nowhere. And that has nothing to do with how much I optimized my time by my ownership stake and keep. And I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but making sure you follow through will grant you many other opportunities in the future. If I see keep through, we do great. We have a great exit my opportunities in the coming years are basically guaranteed, right? If I were to bail or find it that I've been, you know, compensated unfairly, demand higher uh, equity stakes and create a bunch of uh, ruffles in the, in the middle, I kind of create a, a dynamic of, of my relationship with my investors where, you know, my outcome is, is optimized by my current view of my ownership stake versus where my exit could be in the next few years. Yeah. Hey, Brian, very, very well said. Let's let's kind of move into kind of wrap up here. 2016, uh, what's your goal in terms of total transaction volume processed? Well, 2016, our goal is 19, 20 million. Okay. Um, and then 2017, we have projected like around 33 to 35 million. And you'll keep driving 63% margin up maybe to 65, 68, something we like that. We want that margin to grow even more. Yeah. It'll probably get to 65, even closer to 70%. Super healthy. Brian, if people want to follow you personally online as you grow this bad boy, where can they connect with you? Uh, well, it's easy to find me on Twitter. It's Brian underscore Wong. Uh, and then lately I've been active on Snapchat at bwong91. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, and you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can see... Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Okay, Top Tribe, as many of you know, I sold Hayo, and everyone is always asking me what my expenses were when I was building Hayo. Well, a big expense was that I spent over three grand per month on financial services to keep me out of trouble in terms of taxes. You know, my mom would always harbor me, Nathan, you gotta keep all your receipts and put them in a freaking box or something to make sure you don't get an audit or things like this. I'm like, mom, I'm a millennial. You think I'm gonna keep all these receipts? I now use FreshBooks. I use their mobile app to take a picture of receipts, and it makes taxes a cinch. Additionally, I don't have to hire a $3,000 per month person to manage all my finances. It's like saving so much money and my mom's happy. Additionally, I don't waste a bunch of time creating invoices. I use their templates and I can avoid using Word templates or Excel files. I just use FreshBooks to quickly send out invoices and it works like a charm. To get your free first month, go to NathanLatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, go to NathanLatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Awesome. Top try. We will link to those in the show notes at NathanLacka.com forward slash the top 402. Brian, we're about to go into a wrap up session. These are rapid fire questions called the famous five. Give me your quickest answer. You ready? Great. Favorite business book? Uh, predictably irrational. Dan O'Reilly. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, there is, but I can't mention his name. I'm about to sh shadow him, actually. <laughs> 
<laughs> what, what do you mean you can't mention his name? No, because it's a program I'm doing where I'm actually shadowing him for a couple of days at his headquarters. It's quite exciting. Well, um, what does that mean? So it's like a private thing. You can't it, publicly talk about it. Yeah, it's a private thing. Okay. And, and like, obviously, we want to talk about. It Tell me someone else. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I obviously am fascinated by folks like the, the, the Elon Musks of the world. But actually, right now, I've been very fascinated by Evan Spiegel, especially because he got engaged to Miranda Kerr today. Yeah, which is, uh, <laughs> that's a big one. I mean, I, now I look at that, I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, uh, with my life. Anyways, go on. It's hard, to, especially where you are, dude. I'm in a, I'm in Austin, so I don't have to compare myself as frequently as you do out there in the valley. But yeah, Evan's crushing it. Uh, number three, favorite online tool like FreshBooks. Uh, Evernote, still. Yep, that's a good one. Number four, yes or no? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No. What do you get? Five. <laughs> You're 25 though, right? Single. Yeah, I can do that. Yep. Not married. Very good. Yeah, that's easy, right? So last question, man. Take us back five years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Stop taking everything so seriously. Everything's going to work out. Guys, top tribe. You heard it here from Brian Wong. Don't take everything seriously. Everything is going to work out. He launched Keep at 19, raised 300K, giving up 20% of his business. Back at 19, he's super thankful for it. They have now raised in 2016 over 32 million bucks, have processed over 11 million bucks in transaction volume, with the goal to hit 20 million in transaction volume here in 2016 at very healthy 63, 64% gross margins. Brian, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks a lot. Top Tribe, if you enjoyed Brian Wong today, go back and listen to Deepak yesterday, who quit his cushy 200 grand per year corporate job at Microsoft to launch his own startup called KarmaCircles.com. I challenged it on it. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. The greatest business show on earth is coming to Austin, Texas with the addition of two capuchin monkeys that can write cold emails and they close harder and faster than most of your salespeople. You don't want to miss it. Go to NathanLacka.com forward slash Austin live to get your tickets now. These monkeys are unbelievable. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. 